Your body is a comedy. And what is a tragedy? Hmm. Two different things. But very similar in nature. But how can they be so similar in nature if they're so different? It's called ballads, folks. You know, back in the day, tragedies were comedic in the sense of, you know, what was tragic, what we see as tragic now is, oh my God, it's like, ha 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 back then. And comedy, what we know is, ha 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 now was, oh my God, back then. So it was kind of funny how everything got switched around and whatnot. But they both played very important factors in my life, the message that I wanted to get to everybody as well as you know be able to help folks so i'm gonna be touching on comedy and tragedy this is your host of the most eli the most rage cage eli cage the most rage in the cage that play on words never works but y'all get the point and this is another episode of so what you gonna cancel me comedy and tragedy let's go All right. So I always had a passion for comedy and bringing smiles and laughter to everybody, you know, dealing with stuff that I dealt with in life. I felt that was the best outlet that I had, you know, trying to make people laugh or whatever the case is, you know, part of, you know, that's part of what I always wanted to do with my life, you know, whether, you know, going into acting, you know, to be a comedian and want to just help people, you know. Said my my main premise for it is you get to express yourself and get paid to release all your raw emotion and feeling without no, you know, serious repercussion or punishment for it at the end of the day. Like who wouldn't want that? That sounds like a dream job to me. <laughs> you know, get paid to laugh at your own average minuscule life. You know, that's generally what most most at least su- successful from what I see comics be doing. He was like, oh, well, I ain't got this. Da, da, da. They may not have it, but, you know, they, I guess, over-exaggeration. It's part of what comedy is, too. You know, and, and you know, you sit, and just laugh all the way to the bank about how horrible their life is to go on stage in front of 50, 100, 250, 1,000 people, whatever the case may be, whatever the venue amount is and talk about you know certain aspects of their life over exaggerate on certain aspects of their life that isn't what it is now maybe what it used to be or maybe you know stretch the true form what they are dealing with now because not every not every successful comedian is a successful comedian like you could be successful in a sense people know your name but you could also be but not be successful in the sense where people know your name, but you don't have the, the the value or the revenue to go with the name. So it's like, is it really successful? But success is subjective, just like comedy and art in its own self in many different forms is all subjective. So growing up in my day, you know, in the 90s, I'm a 20th century baby for you all, you 2,000 plus babies will swear, oh, you from last century, you damn right. And I'll still whoop your ass, too, if you get out of line. But anyway, that's I'm, 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 I'm just goofing. I'm just goofing with that one. But growing up in my day in the 90s, you know, comedy 
at these sitcoms was different than what we got now. Like it was a lot of a lot of great comedy sitcoms back in the day. Mainly, you know, especially a lot of black sitcoms for me. Even though it wasn't a lot of black sitcoms on TV, you know, like it was shows like and Living Color. You know, even though I was sketch comedy, you know, yeah, Living Single, Fresh Prince. Martin, the Parenthood, the Wayne's Brothers, Different World, you know, like it, I went, you know, I, I want to say, I'm not too sure, but I want to say Steve Harvey would be in that group too, because I'm not sure if the Steve Harvey show came out in 99 or 2000, but that's more the latter. Anyway, I'm going to touch on, I'll touch on him in a second. Uh, one of my main talking points when I, when I discuss mental health, especially when, you know, recording these episodes is, you know, dealing with masculinity and my own personal journey and embracing my masculinity and, you know, and, and it is, it's, it's very, I'm not going to say it's hard, but it is hard to talk about it on a, on such a broad platform when I know I'm going to catch heat for it. But at the end of the day, I've been catching heat for over 30 motherfucking years for being myself. So at this point, I really don't even give a fuck now. If I'm going to catch heat, hopefully I get paid and catch heat for being me. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to be nobody else. I shouldn't have to be nobody else. You shouldn't have to be nobody else. Be who you are, but be rational and be be realistic at the end of the day. You know, I ain't trying to throw out no shade no to, to, to no specific group, but you can't be going around identifying to some shit knowing damn well you ain't that. You know, um in this case, well you know what? Instead of beating around but I'ma just say when you got people I'm not a kink shamer. And this is I'm on my I'm going off real quick just to address this one issue. I ain't no kink shamer, but you don't come outside publicly identifying as a motherfucking cat. Talking about you need to go to the bathroom in a litter box and respect your meows, motherfucker. You are not a feline. You are a fucking human. So act like it. You don't walk. You don't you you call yourself on to act like that. Nah, that shit is mental motherfucking delusions. Dare I even say mental illness because I hate that motherfucking term. To be honest, I can't stand it. Not everybody who's dealing with mental obstacles, who is mentally tired, is mentally ill. Like they're just exhausted. <laughs> but if you want to go around saying, I'm a cat, and yeah, you gotta respect me as a cat and all this extra shit, you're bugging. You you a different type of special. That's different. If you wanna do that type of thing with you and your partner behind closed doors in your house, that's by all means cool. But don't come outside in public and expecting that shit to rock. Because damn it, I'm a black man. I'm light-skinned, but I'm still black at the end of the day. I can't go around saying I identify as a rich, affluent billionaire and everybody got to accept it. Y'all look at me like I'm fucking crazy if not shoot my ass. So what the hell we give Polly Pocket over here a fucking pass because she want to be a fucking cat because she want to wear cat ears and get a fucking uh and get a butt plug for 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 a tail like come on that's not cool it's not cool anyway that's beside that I then went far off enough on that tangent back to the topic at hand which is comedy and com you know comedy shows shows that I grew up on and how does this affect me 
So one of my main, like I said, that was one of the main talking points. Is discussing masculinity with all of this. So you're probably wondering, like, what does the comedy have to do with my life and, you know, masculinity in some ways? And so, which brings me to the next point, which is that recently I've been binge watching Martin. And it took me back to when I was eight, nine years old, 1995, 1996, you know, and, and, and watching, you know, getting out of the bathtub. After eating dinner, get ready to watch Martin. After, you know, before you that 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 bath before you go to bed out. That's what I had to deal with. And um, knowing that that's what Thursday nights, Thursday nights, eight p.m. Fox Five WNYW had Martin at eight o'clock, Living Single at eight thirty, New York Undercover at nine. That was the Thursday wow. lineup. And. Um, but mainly t- touching on Martin is that watching watching Martin and reminiscing from my younger days, from my childhood watching the show, to even watch, binge watching it now as an adult, a lot of things within me haven't changed. And it helped me. Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. Excuse me, I don't know what's going on, but there's just random noise just coming out of nowhere. So if you hear bang, 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 I apologize. Like, I was going in my room, I was doing it in my room, but then they started doing some construction outside. So I came in the bathroom to try to find another place to record. So now there's something else going on. I don't know what's going on, but excuse me, I apologize for the disturbance. But Martin. The show that I grew up watching, that I even watch now, think back, it's like, you know what? Me discovering who I am as a as a as a as a man, not just as a male, but as a man, Martin kinda helped plant that seed. You know, as 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 much of a comedic genius as he was and as much as ahead of his time with that show that he was before, you know, before everything else, like that was the first image, the first real image that I got of, of what it was to be a man or, or masculine or whatever the case may be. You know, it's like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, what do you mean that was your first example of seeing what a man was like? Yeah, seeing what it means to be in the whole hyper-masculine, machismo, you know, type thing. You know, what was it? He was, he was provided. He was fair. He was, you know, he 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 protected. He protected his house. He protected. His, he protected his woman. He protected his friend. You know, he was a man of integrity, a man of dignity. At the end of the day, a man who was devoted to his peoples, but was also on his bullshit when he wanted to be on his bullshit too. So it's like, yeah, that's what a man should be. But you know, more or less, what the one of the things that I envied was the the relationships that he had with the people, even though they were characters. Those still was his friends. You know, I always wanted uh uh to have a friendship like to have like a Martin Tommy and Cole type friendship you know like that was, that was always like the best thing to have you know and even in different relationships I I always I mean even I still think about it and I still want and I think a lot of people 
especially in my age bracket, definitely could relate to the Martin and Gina love that they had for each other on the show. You know, at least the characters, minus the all the backstage shit that nobody really knew or really cared about too much because the show was just that dope. The show's legacy washes over all of that shit. Yeah, it's known now because everybody wanna find drama and find some reason to start some shit. But that 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 show's legacy will always overshadow whatever negative BS that may have happened. You know, but that's just that's just me to, to to watch him struggle, you know, to to watch him struggle, to watch him triumph, whether it be whether he was dealing with his own struggles by himself, you know, whether he was dealing with struggles for him and Gina, you know, it was it was it was beautiful. You know, and I, I used to I sometimes I still dream about situations like that. Like one day it's not cliche or funny or whatever, or cheesy, but it's like, damn, hopefully I could get me a Gina one day. You know, every every man, every man who could resonate and empathize with Martin wants a partner that's like Gene. Somebody that's going to take care of you. Somebody that's going to love you. Somebody that you can laugh with. Somebody who you could be a fool with. But somebody who also knows him to be serious when 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 it come down to it and got your back when it should hit the fan. That's what everybody really wants. You know what I'm saying? As far as a personal, I guess, romantic relationship. every I think everybody will want the relationship that they all had. Martin had with Gina, Tommy. Cole, Pam, Bruh Man, Shanae, Roscoe. I go on and on and on. I didn't I didn't been watch binge watched it at least three times within <laughs> I don't know how many weeks. It's almost bad, but it 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 It's a good thing. It it helps. It helps me. Helps me. Reminisce helps me try to go about other situations that I can go about now differently. It's a learning experience. You go just because you watch something over and over and over again don't mean you can't learn something new from it. You could still learn new things from binging on something. You know, but um the uh the to watch him to watch him evolve and grow, you know, over the six seasons that the show was 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 on air it was it was I ain't really know what to make of it back then because you know you Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. You ain't thinking about growing up and decisions and what it is to be a man. Shit, you know. You probably. I mean, for me, my ball ain't even dropped yet, so I wasn't thinking about that. It was. It was more or less like, okay, that's when it's cool, you know. But yeah. <laughs> um, I wanna. Over, I wanna say that I'll resonate. With the overall series on many levels, from the protagonist's temper to the love and loyalty shown to his to his circle when it counted. So that was, and I was I would say that was like my first image of what a man was supposed to be. You know, having friends and a support system, and a, a, a family, a, a good woman that's holding him down. You know, have to have his mom in life, whatever the case is. You know, it was it was it would have been dope to have a to have a, a a situation or a setup like that. I mean, for me personally, that would that I mean, I'm still aspiring to it. The way how society is going now, that's making it very difficult because you damn near trust you damn near can't trust anybody. You know, sometimes you some some people might not even trust themselves, and because who knows, everything is being lied to. 
and you lie to yourself too much, you can't trust yourself. But anyway, I'm I'm gonna switch it up to go from one to from one legend to another, you know, in terms of from Mon Lawrence <laughs> in the nineties to switch over to is this to this per to this to this legend comedian in, in, in his own right one of the you know dub one of the original kings of comedy is a Steve Harvey but it's it's almost kind of embarrassing for me to to say even though I have no reason to be embarrassed I have no reason to be ashamed it's embarrassing to to, to think that it's like I had to really I didn't have to but to really see what it was to be a man from watching TV. You know, because Pops wasn't around. My Pops wasn't around. Never really had no men around me. You know, so it was like, how am I supposed to learn this? My sister pretty much raised me till I was 12. From that point on, I had to raise myself. You know, because TV and everything wasn't available the way that it was. But, yeah, it's to, to go <laughs> from Martin... To uh, Steve Harvey is um is is, is interesting. I didn't messed up the whole segue from how I wrote it because I I guess I ad lib for a second. But this is <laughs> this is to my understanding, you know, of what to my understanding that's what being a man. Because that was being a man was, but to, to touch up on Steve, to transition the segue from the '90s to the 2000s, because like I said in the beginning, I'm not sure if the Steve Aubrey show came out, debuted in 2000, or if it started in '99. There's a lot of uh, similarities from the Steve Harvey show to Martin, you know, to Martin, at least from what I could see, even though it was different styles, different shows and different narratives, the message was the same. Stand your ground, maintain your dignity, you know. Uh, it was, you know, be, be proud to be a man, but don't try and put anybody else down by building yourself up either. You know, I learned a lot from I learned about manhood from Steve Harvey too, you know, whether it's being accountable for your actions, owning up to your mistakes, you know, listening, you know, to him teach the 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 students on the show, Romeo, Lydia, and Bullethead, and helping them get through their crazy scenarios and situations and stuff. But more or less. I learned a lot from Steve Harvey about being a man away from his show. More or less over the past few years where his life was messy as, as, as hell. But I mean, we all got messy. We all got messy points. Because nobody's perfect. But you could do what you do in that mess is what what's what counts at the end of the day. So, you know, people talking about, oh, well, you know, everybody want to do relationships. Everybody miserable, single, bitter, whatever the case may be. So everybody want to go to relationships, gurus and whatnot. And Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey is one of the biggest relationship gurus out there. Most people's like, wait a minute. The fuck am I going to listen to this man for when he can't even keep a marriage for himself going? It took me a minute because I used to be on that same shit too. Like, man, he don't know what the fuck. He can't keep no girl. How the hell am I supposed to listen to him? Here's why you listening. Because 
one, we don't know what that experience happened between them two people for it to end anyway. But second, it's always a beneficial experience, whether it's for the male or the female. But how? Um, what does he know? How does he not know what he's talking about when he's telling and giving everybody insight, advice, and pointers? Because he learned from his mistakes, whether it was a mistake on his behalf or whether it was a mistake on the other person's behalf, and he just had to catch the other end of it. He learned from it, so he's teaching people not to make the same mistake again. So absolutely, it's a fucking genius if you really think about it. You 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 really cannot have all the success. You can't really be successful if you never fail. In order for you to really success, you got you have to fail because you are you may have to try other means. So to 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 to, to take those lessons from those two shows, apply it to myself and for me to embrace myself, you know, embrace who I am. In my manhood and be like, yeah, because I'm still going to find me a Gina. Huh? Random brain fart thought that just popped. Martin. Martin's co-star, his partner, the eventual wife, was Gina. Steve Harvey, his partner. They never got married. But her his partner's name was Regina. I don't know. Maybe my girl might be somebody named Gina. Who knows? This is the random thing. Sometimes you overthink things, complex stuff. But I would just want to touch. I wanted to touch on that today. Comedy, tragedy, how it affected my life, how it helped me as a person, how it affected me. The fact that those are some two dope ass shows that nobody could ever forget. Timeless classics, by the way. Timeless classics. You know. Always, always could laugh. Always could laugh watching them shows. But I want to say thank you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening. Give me whatever feedback you want to provide. I'm always open to it. I know I might not necessarily seem like the most friendliest person because I don't have tolerance or time for people's dumb shit. <laughs> I have time for people's shit as long as it's not dumb shit, you know? But yeah, stay awesome, stay beautiful, stay amazing, stay positive, stay strong. You got this. You are amazing. And you are the best. Have a wonderful weekend. And if nobody told you this today, I almost forgot. It's for anybody. I may not know you from a hole in the wall. I don't know what you're going through. But I know that you're strong. I know that you make it. And I know that this may be something that will give you a little bit pushover to help you keep going through when you feel like you don't. I love you. I mean that. You don't got to know me. You don't got to see me. But just know, I hope you can hear it. No, I know you can hear it. Because hope is implying that I doubt myself. No, because I do love you. We got to keep it. We got to keep it strong. We got to keep it. Keep it going. Keep it going. Later.